Welcome to The Internet Says It's True, a show where we learn something new every week, part of the WCBE podcast experience. My name is Michael Kent, and I'm back now. I was going to take another week off from new episodes, but the truth is I missed you all, and I wanted to share this crazy story with you. So hello, I'm glad that you stuck around, and a couple things I hope for you. A, I hope you had a fantastic holiday, no matter what you celebrate, and B, I hope you enjoyed listening to a few of my previous episodes while I took a break. I had a great New Year's Eve. I performed three shows on Friday night in Bradford, Pennsylvania. Had a lot of fun doing that. I'm still pretty tired as I record this, but the shows and the people out there in Bradford were fantastic. As always, you can support this podcast by joining my Patreon. When you do that, you can listen to every episode ad-free. You can see video of the full-length quick quiz Zoom calls to guests. And it's the only place you can watch the web show I did called Joke Story Trick. It's patreon.com slash Michael Kent. Now, today's topic comes to us from Kay in Oklahoma. Hey, Michael, this is Kay in Oklahoma. I just read this weird story about how two men in France once fought a duel in hot air balloons. It sounded like something that would be great for your podcast. Thanks. Thanks, Kay. Uh, This is right up my alley. I love weird stories from history, and this is certainly very strange. I enjoyed learning about this one. There aren't a whole lot of intricate details to this story, but it was documented in the papers, and it definitely happened. So let's get started. This is a story about Monsieur Lepique and Monsieur Grand Prix. And no, it's not about a fight between two hockey players. It's a story from early 19th century in Paris, or rather, over Paris. It was 1808. Napoleon Bonaparte was emperor. Back in the United States, the idea of burning coal for heating a home had just been invented. Spain's King Ferdinand had just lost his throne to France, ending the Spanish-Anglo War. The French Empire had been through several decades of turmoil after the 1789 revolution. Following a period of extreme violence carried out on anyone who didn't support the revolution, Napoleon had been named emperor and had just erected the Arc de Triomphe. Paris was about to see rapid industrialization and progress. The arts flourished. And that's where we meet our fair princess. She wasn't really a princess, but could have likely played one on stage. Mademoiselle Thirivie was a famed ballet dancer at the Paris Opera. It was said that many of the bachelors of Paris had been led into heartache after watching her delicate and sensual steps. In 1808, she was being kept by Monsieur de Grandpré. Being kept is sort of an antiquated phrase to describe a relationship, and it usually has sort of an illicit undertone. I guess in modern terms, Monsieur Grandpré was her sugar daddy. They had entered into an ongoing relationship that could probably be better described as an arrangement. But then enters Monsieur Lepique. It turns out that Lepique had been seeing Mademoiselle Thirivie as well, and both men were now laying claim to her heart and her bed. Upon discovering this, you might think that both men would shame the woman and want nothing more to do with her. But no, those sensual, seductive ballet steps were so enamoring that they decided they would fight for her. And this was 1808 Paris, so that meant their fight would be a duel. Duels were an incredibly common way to settle disputes among gentlemen. According to an Ariel Roth editorial, The Dishonor of Dueling, during the reign of Henry IV, more than 4,000 French men died from dueling. It was common for the topic of morning conversation to be, do you know who fought yesterday? But this wouldn't be any old normal duel. 
For Grand Pre and Le Peak, they came up with a duel that was as special and artistic as the woman they wanted. They duel in matching hot air balloons. I'll tell you how that all went down after a quick message. When the pandemic hit, I decided to create a weekly talk show online called Joke Story Trick Live. It started small but ended up huge with 45 live episodes, celebrity guests like U.S. Congressman Mark Pocan, comedy writer Bruce Valanche, and actor Larry Hankin. I've put them all on my Patreon for you to watch whenever you'd like, and the best part is they're available at all levels of membership. That means whether you're paying $10 a month or $1 a month, they're all there for you to watch. Not only that, but by joining, you can watch each week's guest interview of this podcast. I take the video from the raw Zoom call with no edits, and I just put it up there every week. You can join now starting at a dollar a month at patreon.com slash Michael Kent. Just type in patreon.com slash Michael Kent, my name. I can't wait to see you there. It's been getting colder lately, so it's been time to wear my favorite fleece jacket. It's made by Scotty Vest, and I love it because it's got a pocket for everything. It's perfect for traveling around and holding all my stuff. And when I say it's got a pocket for everything, I don't just mean it has a lot of pockets for no reason. Every pocket has its own functionality. Like there's one for my sunglasses that has a built-in lens cloth, and there's a pocket for my phone that has a clear plastic window on the inside, and there's a pocket for a wallet or passport that has RFID blocking technology. I'm not really sure what that is, but I think it's important for, like, passports. Anyway, Scotty Vest is a clothing company I believe in, and I'm confident they've got something that you'll love. The best thing you can do is take a look at all the awesome pocket-packed apparel on their website. I talked to the founder of the company a couple weeks ago. He's the Scott in Scotty Vest, and we've arranged for you to get a special percentage off your order. To get that, go to my website, theinternetsaysitstrue.com slash deals. Uh, or just go to the website, click the deals link. I've also put that link in the show notes. Now, let's get back to our story. Duels were common in 19th century France. Duels from hot air balloons were not. But that's what these men decided to do in one of the most French decisions in history. Hot air balloons were a fairly new invention. They had first appeared around 1783, so they were still very novel. Now, if you're familiar with Hamilton, the musical, you've no doubt learned that each man is to appoint a second. That's a man who is a close confidant who arranges the terms of the duel. In this case, the seconds of Monsieur's Grand Pre and Le Pic arranged to have two identical hot air balloons constructed. They would lift at the exact same time and at the same speed. Once a signal was given, the men would face each other and fire. Here's where this duel differed from the traditional duel, other than the hot air balloons. The men wouldn't fire at each other. They'd fire at the gigantic target that was the other man's balloon. It was quite common in a traditional duel for the men to miss their target. In this case, it would be much harder to miss. But a traditional dueling pistol would have little to no effect on a giant balloon. So instead, each man would take with them a blunderbuss. This was a short-barreled rifle that was flared at the end. They would either shoot large caliber or shot like a shotgun, which was probably the case here. To raise the stakes even further, each man's second would accompany him in the air. And for the winner, Mademoiselle Tiravi agreed to, quote, bestow her smile upon the survivor of the two if the other was killed, or at all events. It was thought that there was even a chance that the loser of the duel would survive as the winds may gently carry a deflating balloon to the ground. It wouldn't turn out that way. 
One month after the arrangement, on June 22, 1808, a crowd gathered at the gardens of Tuileries to witness the duel. The ropes holding back the balloons were cut, and they lifted into the air. There was very little wind, so the balloons stayed inside of the onlookers, raising into the air around 80 yards apart from each other. When they reached a height of about half a mile above the earth, the signal was given. Monsieur Lepique fired first. He aimed his blunderbuss at Grand Prix's balloon and missed entirely. Lepique and his second watched in horror as Grand Prix pointed his gun back at the massive balloon above. Monsieur Grand Prix didn't miss his shot. Lepique's balloon was punctured and deflated almost instantly, sending the two men falling violently toward the Paris neighborhoods below. The description in the papers said Lepique and his second were dashed to pieces on a housetop. Unfortunately, history never recorded what happened to the relationship of Monsieur Grand Prix and Mademoiselle Tirevi. But as for Lepique, it's certain that no one in history has ever fallen harder for a woman. Now it's time for the part of the podcast where I call a friend, and today I'm calling Eric Diddleman. Eric is a regular on the show. He's always a good time. He's also a nationally touring mind reader and all-around good dude. So good to have you back on the show, man. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's been a while. It's so good to see you. Yeah, I think you're uh, you're in like the five timers club now. Uh, oh, do least. I get a jacket? I think so. Yeah, <laughs> at least I love having you on the show. Um, and and it's been a while since since I talked to you. You're the first guest of the year. Um, now for this topic, it's a little it's a little weird and fun and and lighthearted, but also tragic. Um, but I don't want to tell you too much about it. We're going to play for a joke. If you get it right, I have to tell a joke. If you get it wrong, you'll tell me one. Okay. Here's your question. In 1808, two men in Paris fought a duel over the love of a ballerina. What was so unusual about the duel? Was it A, they both shot each other and died? B, they fought the duel while swimming in the ocean? Or C, they fought the duel from hot air balloons. Okay, I know which one I want it to be, um, but uh, I have not heard this, so I, this is a complete guess. I feel like if it was just they killed each other, I feel like that happens quite a bit maybe in duels, so I don't think you would be doing an episode on it. Uh, so I'm going to say, just for pure visual alone, I hope it's hot air balloons. See? You are correct. They fought yes. the duel from hot air balloons. They did. Yeah, that's the most French thing ever, right? And I mean, isn't that an easy duel to win? You just shoot the balloon. That's exactly what and and they didn't even <laughs> pretend that they were going to shoot each other. That was the idea. And so instead of like flintlock pistols, they shot blunderbuss shotguns at at the balloons. <laughs> and here's the the crazy part. They brought their seconds on the in the balloon with them. So they're up oh. there like they're with their best friend. Talk about wow. raising the stakes. Holy cow. It was the ballerina just watching from yeah, the ground? She was. She the the newspaper said, "quote She said she promised to bestow her kisses. No, her smile, not even her kisses. She said she'd bestow her smile upon the the victor." I mean, doesn't the ballerina have a friend? This could have been all resolved. It could have been. Yeah, I'm sure there are <laughs> other ballerinas. Um, yeah, it was 1808. Apparently, the the men of Paris were quite taken with this one particular 
ballerina, Mademoiselle Tira V. Um, now, the, the first guy missed the balloon mm-hmm. entirely. Uh, they were 80 yards apart. And uh, can you imagine being the second and watching your buddy miss the other balloon, just knowing <laughs> that the other guy is going to start shooting at you now? And of course, the, um, the, the second guy did not miss. And rather than a tiny hole that let the balloon quietly flutter to the ground, it basically deflated instantly and dropped like a rock. And oh. the two men were killed. How high up were they? They were half a mile. Jeez. I mean, they, when they set the time, it kind of puts a whole new meaning if it was high noon. Yeah. <laughs> you get an extra point for that joke. <laughs> oh, oh no. my gosh. And I'm glad I just made a joke right after you said they died. <laughs> just real tragic. Yeah. And that brings me to oh, my boy. joke. That's a perfect segue to my joke. What's funny about five people in a Chevy Suburban driving off a cliff? Now what? Nothing. They were my friends. Oh, you're really mixing this comedy and tragic theme. Yeah, throughout that's this. what this episode is. That's what this episode <laughs> is all about. So there you go, listeners. Comedy and tragedy all in what my career in a sentence. Question number two. For this question, we're playing for a story about something embarrassing that's happened to us while performing. If you get it right, I'll tell you one of mine. If you get it wrong, you'll tell me one of yours. Here's your question. In what year was the last recorded duel fought? Oh, was I'm it so bad at years? <laughs> this is this goes back to the classic Diddleman estimating. <laughs> A 1902, B 1967, or C 1995. I want to say it's later than you'd think. But 95 seems, I don't know, like that I don't that doesn't seem like that would still be allowed. Uh, I don't, I'll go B. I'm going to go B for some reason. 1967? Yeah. You are correct, Eric. Gentlemen, you're two for two. The last recorded. So they fought with Epes. This was also in France. It was between Marseille Mayor Gaston de Fer and another politician named René Ribieri. Uh, neither man died. Both lived long lives. De Fer had, had vowed not to kill Ribieri, but, quote, Wound him in such a way as to spoil his wedding night very considerably. And quote. Whoa. Uh, but yeah, they, they fought well, with, with uh, fencing epes, apparently. Now imagine is... if they were also in hot air balloons, just kind of swatting at each other in the air. <laughs> That's get what closer, I want to see. Get closer. Get me closer. Get me closer. I can't reach. I'll slash it. Slash the balloon. <laughs> it would have the same effect, but you'd have to get pretty close. That would be a, and you'd, you'd probably have to climb up out of the, I don't know. That'd be a good, maybe this could be a, um, the next Robot Wars is just hot air balloons uh, with, 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 with knives and it, drone wars, we'll call it. Man, this is something. You got it right, which means I have to tell you an embarrassing story. This is one that you know, but our listeners do not. There is a, a routine that I used to perform in my show that many magicians perform in which a wooden table starts to float. You're, you're, he's laughing. He already knows what I'm talking about. A wooden table starts to float up off the ground. And it floats with seemingly no support from anything. And as I'm floating this table in Bloomsburg, Pennsylvania, at the university there, uh, it all sort of just broke. The First, the table legs fell off the table. And then before I could catch anything, the table kind of broke in half. And then the top broke off the table. And then I went to grab the box on the table and the lid came off the box. 
and it broke into like four or five pieces. And there is video of this. Here's what I'm going to do for you. <laughs> uh, we haven't gotten many new Patreons this week. So here's what I'm going to do. If you're listening, I'm going to put that video on Patreon Monday only. So if you're listening to this on Monday, January 3rd, you can watch that video. I'm taking it down on the 4th. So I I will attest it is worth seeing this video. It is hilarious. (laughs) It's an insane video. I've never sent it to anyone. I've shown it to some friends on Zoom from my phone because I'm afraid someone's going to screenshot it or something. But I will put it up for one day. So if you join Patreon, I don't even care if you unjoin on Tuesday. But yeah, Monday I'll put it up and I'll take it down on Tuesday. It's an insane video. That is a deal. Please do this. (laughs) It's worth the dollar. Yeah, it's worth the dollar. Yeah. All right. Question number three. For this question, we're playing for a coveted Internet Says It's True sticker. These are very hard to come by and extremely valuable, especially since I'm down to my last few. I don't have too many left. Oh. So uh, just down to a few of these. The most famous duel of all time is probably the one that occurred between Alexander Hamilton and Aaron Burr. The duel that killed Hamilton and vilified Burr for the rest of his life. In which one of these locations was the famous duel fought? Okay. A. Weehawken, New Jersey. B. The Brooklyn Navy Yard. Or C. Battery Park. Okay, if I can remember my Hamilton viewing, I bu- I want to say it was in New Jersey, so I'm going to go A. A. Weehawken, New Jersey? Yeah. You are correct. It is in Weehawken, New Jersey. You can visit the site today. It uh it there is a the stone where Hamilton lay his head after he was shot. He didn't die there. He died just a little bit later. Uh, but yeah, you, you can still visit the Weehawken dueling grounds in New Jersey today. Uh, so you'll get another sticker. I'm sure you have, you have plenty that I have <laughs> n- probably never mailed you. I'm more of a pin guy. So if you could make some pins next time. I was thinking time. about some enamel pins. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. I was also considering mugs, but I'm still, this is all up in the air. I'm I don't know how many people are, are going to want mugs, so I'm not going to have a basement full of mugs. <laughs> <laughs> I still have a basement full of uh, self-help books I wrote. Um, oh. That's another thing nobody knows about. Uh, I was 21 years old, and I was part of a group book, and it's called How to Achieve Unlimited Success. And apparently I had deemed that I, at the age of 21 I had, I had done that and felt the ability to tell other people how to. Wait, we have a second bonus embarrassing story from I Michael Ken. I guess we do. <laughs> this is the second. Emb- and, and if you want the book, they are $10. Uh, and I've got a box full of them because I was always a little bit too embarrassed to sell them. So <laughs> I've, I've got more than a box full of them. I've got a basement full of these books. It's amazing. I think. I don't know. Allison is always bugging me to get rid of them. So every time we have a bonfire, I grab a couple and use it as kindling. <laughs> Oh, my gosh. All right. Question for Eric. For this question, we're playing for an audio Easter egg. So if you get it wrong, you have to say a phrase of my choosing on an upcoming episode of your podcast, which is the Mind Over Magic podcast. If you get it right, I'll say that same phrase on the next episode of this podcast. Here's the phrase. The phrase is Jar Jar was framed. Okay, it's funny because if I do say that, uh, I, the podcast I do is with Matt Franco, Vegas headliner. He is not going to know who Jar Jar is at all. <laughs> even better. Even better. Has Matt not seen Star Wars, the new I ones, think or just never? just looked? saw Star Wars, the original, and that's it. 
just the first one, A New Hope, or no, the, the like the original trilogy. trilogy. We talked about it on our podcast, and uh, he had to kind of force his way through. I believe it doesn't hold up. I watch it all the time. I think it holds well, up. Well, but we have nostalgia. <laughs> if you saw it as a kid, I don't. It's know. a different experience. You'll I'm, have to ask Matt. <laughs> I'm really curious about this. Um, I, I feel like it has such wide appeal that it should hold up for someone who has never seen it. I've heard people watching Harry Potter movies currently and not enjoying them, having never seen them before. Mm, interesting. So I, I think, you know, nostalgia obviously plays a huge part in the yeah, what we like as adults. Harry Potter might be because of the author, though. So. Maybe, yeah. Maybe there's a little <laughs> bit of a, a jaded feeling about the author. Who knows? Who knows? Mm -hmm. So here's your question. This is question four. President Andrew Jackson killed a man named Charles Dickinson in a duel in 1806, which one of these statements is also true? Hmm. A. Jackson demanded only to duel at midnight using the light of the moon. B. Jackson fought in over 100 duels in his lifetime. Hmm. Or C. Jackson challenged a Cherokee chief to a duel, which he won, and that led to the Trail of Tears. Yikes. Okay. Uh, some heavy topics here. Yeah. Um... Charles Dickinson, the author of A Christmas Carolson? D <laughs> Different guy. Okay. Yes, no, yeah, Christmas, A Christmas Carolson. Um, Oliver Twiston. The, uh, I want to say maybe just the Moonlight one. Was that A? A was, was, yeah, midnight, only midnight duels. Yeah. I'm sorry, Eric, the correct answer is B. Jackson uh. fought over 100 duels. Over the course of his life. All right. What's the phrase again? <laughs> to write it down. Jar Jar was framed. Jar Jar was framed. Okay. Yes. I'll have to figure out how to work that and, in. And, <laughs> you know, marketing wise, it's kind of a smart move to miss this question because then people are going to go over and listen to your podcast to make sure you say it. Yeah. Let's go with that's why I missed it. Yeah. <laughs> it was a purpose, <laughs> purposeful thing. Jar Jar was framed. So go over to Mind Over Magic, the podcast, mm -hmm. with Eric Diddleman and Matt Franco and listen to the next episode that they record, which comes out when? Do you guys have a regular production schedule? Um, yeah, every Friday. So okay. we're going to be live again this week and uh, took a week off for the holiday. Yeah. And uh, uh, I, I, my plan, I think, is just to throw it in with no context. That's the best way to do it. I think I'm just going to just say it as an exclamatory statement. I think that, that is, that's <laughs> a really great way. If you do your trivia question and you miss, yeah. miss the trivia, if, if Matt misses the trivia, you just yell, Jar Jar was framed! And nobody knows exactly why you yelled it. Mm -hmm. and, mm -hmm. I, and I kind I of want it. Matt to not let it go. I really want him to ask what that means. Um, so, And then and it's I up to you. I won't even mention it's from this podcast. No, I'll give you a plug. <laughs> you, you don't have to. You can make up a total nonsense story about where that came from. So yeah, this guy Dickinson, not Charles Dickens. Charles Dickinson. This is from History.com. The man Jackson killed, he was a horse breeder from Tennessee. They became embroiled in a four-way disagreement, and Jackson's friend and Dickinson's father-in-law were in the disagreement as well, and it was over a gambling debt. And this led to Dickinson mm. calling Jackson a, quote, coward and an equivocator, and publishing oh. a statement in the local newspaper that labeled Jackson a scoundrel and a poltroon. P-O-L-T-R-O-O-N, poltroon. That's so not an insult was you see. If he was an equivocator, he could have been like, all right, you could either use this gun or that gun. <laughs> you could either fire or not fire, and he's trying to control his decisions. That gun? Great. 
we'll put that gun over here and we'll use that, this gun. You're left with that empty gun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is cool, too. Um, Dickinson. So it, it's possible that during that time, Dickinson made the mistake of taking aim at Jackson's wife, Rachel whom he called a bigamist for having mistakenly married Jackson before her divorce from her first husband had been finalized. So there was a whole, yeah, there was a whole other angle and angle. And that makes one a poltroon apparently. Hmm. So Hmm. now uh, you are three for four and we're heading into question five. Eric, this question is for all the marbles. Okay. If you get this wrong, never again, will I ask you on the show? You've traveled all over with your career. Tell us about the most beautiful place you've ever visited. Um, I'm going to intentionally get this one wrong. Just so. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) I've never had anyone do that. (laughs) Uh, It's right here, right now. No, that's a lie. Uh, uh, I don't know. This is uh, that's tough for me to answer. Let me think. I would have to say, like, just because it was out of the country and I got to actually travel a little internationally uh, on a cruise ship, I one of the stops where I ported from was uh, Malaga, Spain, which oh. had uh, I got to explore a little bit. It's the birthplace of Picasso, so I went to his museum that's dedicated to him there, and then uh, just got to explore these amazing um like ruins in uh that were like a morris castle that's just like was this fortress that's up on a hill and you just get this amazing view of the city it's right up in the mediterranean so uh yeah Malaga that's Spain. awesome well, we'll call that a right answer you went four for five today and uh that's that's beautiful i was in spain once uh mm-hmm. just for i think i was there for three or four days as part of a tour and and it was beautiful i was in um just outside of Cadiz, Spain. So very, very close to Morocco. Um, yeah. So that's all uh, we, we've got. I'll be happy to have you on the podcast again, Eric. And uh, I hope you have a great New Year. Did you do anything fun for New Year's Eve? No, just a small little, like just a friend and I got together and hung out. Because, you know, we're doing our part. That's great. Yeah. And, and you're in a much more populated area. So it's a little bit scarier there. Um, I had to do three no, I did three shows. I did three shows in Bradford, PA. It was a lot of fun. Had a good time. Nice. Um, but but I'm still very tired from it. Um, so I hope you have a, a good 2022. I hope that, that these shows start coming back to us and we can get back on the road a little bit more. You can follow Eric Dittleman on all of his socials. It's Eric Dittleman, D-I-T-T-E-L-M-A-N. And you can get those socials if you don't want to type that in. Go to his website, type that in. You can get them all there. It's ericdittleman.com. D-I-T-T-E-L-M-A-N and go subscribe to his podcast and Matt Franco's podcast by searching for Mind Over Magic. Thanks again, Eric, and, and have a great new year, man. Thanks for having me. Happy New Year to you. Well, that's all for this week. Thanks to Kay for the topic and to Eric Dittleman for being my guest. Here's a kid who hates ballerinas. Thank you for listening to The Internet Says It's True. Don't forget to join up on Patreon if you want to see the unedited video of the guest appearance or to hear bonus episodes. You can do that at patreon.com slash Michael Kent. Also, if you learned something that you didn't already know from the show, please visit iTunes and leave us a review with five stars and a few words. That's the rule. You gotta do it. That helps us a ton because that's how the algorithm works to get the podcast suggested to more people. And that way we can keep learning something new if the internet says it's true.
The internet says it's true. We'd like to thank the Patreon subscribers whose monthly contributions help to make this show possible. Sean Brown, Catherine Morgan, Bryce Swanson, Eugene Anderson, Matt McVeigh, Jim Martin, Joanne Martin, Joshua Endress, and the show's official Emperor Kick Track. The show is written and produced by me, Michael Kent. The theme song is by Finite Music Forge, and additional music this week was from Esther Abrami and Emmett Fenn. All audio clips in this episode are used for education and commentary and used under Fair Use Title 17 USC Section 107. You can listen to past episodes by searching for The Internet Says It's True wherever you get your podcasts, and you can see bonus content at patreon.com slash Michael Kent. 